I'm Cody. And I'm Dana. And you're listening to the Goddamn Football Podcast. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. I get star status. Hey. Star status tonight. And we ain't stopping till they cut on the lights. That's right. Alright everybody, welcome back. It's episode number two. We got one under our belt. We're going to try to change things up, try to grow a little bit today. I am Dana. This is Cody. Yes, sir. Back with Coddam Football. We're going to get things kicked off. Cody's our mastermind. What do you got for us first, Cody? We're going to make some college football picks. Oh, just to recap on last week. (laughs) I was talking quite a bit of shit, you know, so I was going to lay down the smack on Cody. I think I missed 90% of my picks. <laughs> I was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Just terrible. Dude. Good times. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know where the, do you got the final standings on last week? Where are we sitting? No, I left my notebook at home, uh, but. We'll post it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to get a Facebook uh, page started up probably in the next week or two where uh, our audience can choose to follow us, comment, all that. We also have our email finally set up, so update for any of our listeners here. Um, our email is coddan, C-O-D-D-A-N, dot football at gmail.com. That's coddan.football at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out to us, questions, comments, concerns. Ask Cody, you know, uh, about his personal life, you know, because he loves to just talk all about that. No, I'm just <laughs> That's Dana. That's not me. <laughs> all right. So let's get it kicked off. College football. Yes, sir. Alrighty, I'm going to go over all the games, um, even ones we've picked. I want to make sure nobody wants to change their mind <laughs> after that last one when I gave them last week. Uh, Big Ten Championship, obviously I'm going to Ohio State. Dane's going to go Ohio State. Yes, sir. As I said last week, they don't win by four touchdowns. I'll be disappointed. I said three touchdowns. I think they'll win by four, but I won't be disappointed. Um, Oklahoma and Iowa State. Uh, the Big Ten, uh, Big Twelve Championship game. I believe I picked Oklahoma. Yeah, you want to stay with that? I think I do. I'm gonna stick with it. Uh, I'm taking Iowa State. Coach Campbell's got some boys rolling. Um, Texas A&M versus Tennessee. That's an easy one. That should be A&M all the way. Agreed. Washington State, Utah. Let's see. Utah's two and two. Washington State's one and two. Boy. They both haven't played much. No. I don't know anything about these two teams. Typically, I give the edge to a home team. We're going to go with Utah. I'm going to agree, only because uh, the Ohio State connection. That was one of Reminder's first jobs as head coach with Utah. So we're going to go with that. Air Force Army. Um, To me, it's, it's not much of a contest. Air Force hasn't played too many games this season. Uh, only five, they're three and two. Same amount of losses as Army at eight and two, but um, I'd have to give the the edge to Army. L- a little more experience, 
You know, you could argue maybe Air Force is fresher, but Army's the home team. Uh, it's definitely going to go with Army West Point. Uh, I always go with Army. My daddy and my grandpa's Army veterans. They're my favorite academy. I always go with Army. Sounds good. Mississippi or Ole Miss. Yes, LSU. Mississippi. That should be a pretty good matchup, but I still think it's LSU at home. I mean, they're pretty tough to beat. LSU. I agree. Uh, I don't know if you remember Brad Johnson, quarterback in the NFL for the Buccaneers and Minnesota Vikings and such. Uh, his son is the quarterback for LSU. Is had his first start last week against Florida and beat them. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go LSU. Sounds good. Missouri and Mississippi State. Alrighty, let's take a look here. Missouri is five and four. Mississippi State is two and seven. I know it is at home for Mississippi State. They're fighting quite a bit, but it does look like Missouri's got the favor in this game. Missouri is my pick to beat Mississippi at home. Uh, I'm going to take the upset. I'm going to take Mississippi State. We agree way too much here. <laughs> I was think I was leaning on Mississippi State as well just because, um, you know, at 2-7, and seven, they've played a lot of games. You know, they've got the experience and stuff. They might still pull it out, but I'm sticking with my pick, Missouri. All right, ACC championship game. You had picked Notre Dame last week, and you got this whole spell about how, you know, how state fans are supposed to hate Notre Dame, and you don't, you don't understand why. Yeah, I have a lot of respect that. for that program, um, and I still am sticking with Notre Dame. I want to see them succeed. I'm sticking with Clemson because I want to see them in the playoff. Yep, this is one heck of a tough matchup. Notre Dame's undefeated. Clemson's got that one loss, two versus three. It's going to be a fight, but you got Notre Dame at home. Uh, Even Clemson lost to you, right? They lost to Notre Dame. Trevor Lawrence was out with COVID. All right, it'll be a game this time. <laughs> it'll be a game. Notre Dame still got it. <laughs> Go Tigers. <laughs> uh, Minnesota versus Wisconsin. That should be Wisconsin. Um... Definitely. I'll take Minnesota. Mountain West Championship. Last week we both took Boise State. You want to stay stay there? Uh, change up. No, I like Boise State. Same here. They step it up. Uh, Illinois versus Penn State. I am definitely leaning versus Penn State on that one. Let me just double check a little look here. Yeah, Penn State's favored and... It's at home for Penn State. Uh, I don't know if they're going to make it a white. Well, no. There's probably hardly any audience going to be there because of COVID. So. Either way, I'm picking Penn State. Yep, same here. Pretty easy. Stanford versus UCLA. Definitely going to go with UCLA. He's going Chip Kelly. <laughs> Hard to go against Chip as a college coach. Uh, I'll take Stanford. Screw you, Chip Kelly. <laughs> Go birds. Somebody's got a grudge. <laughs> um, SEC championship. I believe we both took Alabama. Absolutely. I'm sticking with Alabama. 
I believe I am too. Let me double check one thing. It looks like um, SEC Championship's going to be played in primetime. I don't know if you knew that. On CBS at 8. CBS, yep. Very cool. Uh, Primetime game, all right. Yeah, I'm still sticking with Alabama, though, looking at the matchup. Yeah, actually, uh, uh, I knew about uh, uh, primetime because Packers also play 8 p.m. tonight, and Jerry was complaining. <laughs> He's going to have to watch one of them on TV and the other one on his phone. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry, Jerry, but not too many people are going to pick Florida in this game. No. <laughs> Next. Right. Tulsa versus Cincinnati. I picked Cincinnati. I believe you also picked Cincinnati. Yeah, Luke Fickle's got that team rolling. Yeah. Ain't nobody stopping them in the name by the name of Tulsa. Arizona State against Oregon State. I'm taking the away team, Arizona State. Former Eagles corner, Herm Edwards, their head coach. So I'm going with him. Yeah, uh, looking at the matchup, I like Arizona State as well. I'm gonna, and I like that tie you just mentioned. Oregon State looks like they've had a rough year. Only playing six games, losing four of them. Arizona State as well, they've... Only played three games and lost two. Um, Appalachian State, North Texas. It's not even going to be close. It's North Texas all the way. They're they're favored by 19.5 points. Um, and I have to agree, considering what little knowledge I have about Appalachian State, a uh, much smaller program. Looks like they've been pretty beat up this year. Smaller schedule, more losses. North Texas has got that. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna have to take my uh, favorite wrestlers on my modern North Texas. But you didn't know that. Stone Cold Steve Austin's on my modern North Texas. <laughs> this is why you come up with the content because <laughs> you got all this crazy ass knowledge, and I'm just a computer guy. He knows how to talk. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to pick two NFL games that are being played tonight. And then we will save the rest of the NFL games for the end of the show. Sounds good. Bills versus Broncos. Should be a pretty easy game, I think, for the Bills to take away from the Broncos. They're playing for a little bit more. Uh, it is a close game, but I like the Bills in this one. I'm going to agree. Um, Panthers-Packers. To me, it has to be a blowout. Two touchdowns, and we get six sacks. Uh, and a turnover. I am going to take the Packers. But uh, if you're a betting person, take the spread. That wraps up our picks for today, or not for today, for the beginning of the show. We're going to finish up at the end of the show with the rest of the NFL. Uh, we just wanted to get those picks in before today's games. Because uh, we're recording our show today at 
close to 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time on December 19th, Saturday morning. Yeah, um, I want to get your thoughts on uh, last week's Eagles-Saints game. Um, I actually didn't get a chance to watch the game, but I watched the highlights, and it definitely looks like Jalen Hurts, you know, Gave them the the chance that they needed. It gave, or gave them the edge that they needed. I should say, um, Saints started to come back, but Eagles were able to hold them off. And you know, we're, Eagles or the Saints need Drew Brees back, ASAP. You know, if they want a chance to make a deep run and go to that Super Bowl, they need Drew Brees back. Uh, Jalen Hurts played well, however. You know, I don't think he's necessarily the long-term answer at all. Um, a, a good, it, it's good for the the Eagles to get hurt some playing time. Eagles season is very close to being lost. Uh, they have to really get lucky, and they'd have to win out in order to make the playoffs. And you might as well see what you got in Hurts. Uh, Carson Wentz is definitely a franchise quarterback, in my opinion. If he gets traded, gets let go, um, which I highly doubt because they owe him so much money, they, they might trade him if somebody wants him, and I guarantee you that there's teams out there that want Wentz. He's that talented. Um, I, I think the Eagles will regret it because Jalen Hurts is definitely talented, but he needs that development time. What do you think, Cody? Let me ask you a question. What if Jalen Hurts takes the Eagles to the playoffs? Uh, pretty big what if. Yeah, oh, 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 most definitely. It's a huge what if. Uh, I want to get your opinion on that. I guess if I got to start thinking about fairy tales and rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, if somehow the Eagles luck out because they'd have to get some teams to lose and Jalen Hurts doesn't lose a game this season in or, you know any game that he started um, it, it also depends on his play you know let's say he goes out there and he's got a high completion percentage very few interceptions uh, and he's making big time throws and he's not just run like trying to run the whole game because that's what I saw versus the Saints was a scrambling quarterback uh, who could throw the ball every once in a while. It wasn't a pocket quarterback with a threat to run. Uh, we've all seen this type of quarterback, this scrambling quarterback, tend to not work out long term because it seems like those quarterbacks who run first, they get hit and you can only deal with those hits and still be able to throw the ball for so long. If all of a sudden all you are is a running quarterback, well, you're one-dimensional, and then teams got you got you pegged. And, uh, you know, Hurts has got to be able to stand in the pocket, read blitzing defenses, and if I'm any team playing against him, I'm going to blitz the crap out of him. Uh, Saints were, you know, they blitzed him a little bit, but, they could have had that game in the bag, in my opinion. Well, here's how I see it. My mind has been changed. 
It's time to remove all from Carson Wentz. And we may regret it. If Carson Wentz ends up in Indianapolis or Frank Reich or um, uh, there was something that came out this week about uh, Sean Payton wants Carson Wentz, thinks he can fix him. Um, a team that I think would be a good fit for Carson Wentz is because they got so many weapons and no quarterback, the Denver Broncos. Uh, I just, uh, once you bench your quarterback, uh, to me, you're telling the team it's time to move on. Um, you're already telling the team that. He, he just, he shouldn't have been benched. And, and if you think, Whatever salvageable, and I, I, I loved what I saw from Jalen Hurts. He reminded me of McNabb, and that's that's what I saw. I seen a five on the back of that jersey, not a number two. I, I saw McNabb. Anybody knows me, no, that that's my favorite player, McNabb, <laughs> and that, that was my boy. I mean, I got in a fist fight in school one time because somebody talked shit about McNabb. That's how much I loved him. Anyways, uh, and, and, and you talk about the, the whole run thing. What makes Russell Wilson so successful when he runs the football? He knows when to get down. He knows when to get down, and he's always got his eyes downfield. He's not running for a big play. He's running. Well, he's not running to run for a big play. He's running to look downfield for a big play with his arm. Right. And that's what I seen Jalen Hurts do against the Saints. That's not really what I saw. I saw him stick his head down when he was running and forget all about who was downfield. Uh, uh, on certain plays, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you got to remember, I mean, that offensive line, he, he was running almost every play. He was running somewhere yeah. almost every play. That offense is Rather he threw the match. ball. Or he ran the ball. Yeah. And, uh, and also, Doug Peterson caught a lot of design runs, too. Yeah. Um, but he made a throw that, that I ain't seen Carson Wentz make in five years. Back shoulder touchdown pass to Alshon Jeffrey, taking advantage of Jeffrey's uh, leaping ability. Uh, Jeffrey's been on the team for since 17. Um, that was always the thing about him is he's – this 50-50 jump ball winner. And Carson Wentz never never took advantage of that. And, you know, Jalen Hurts starts one game and takes advantage of it and scores a touchdown pass. His first touchdown pass, matter of fact. Yeah. I have to agree with you there because, you know, I've definitely heard, and you and I have even discussed it on the side, like, uh, we have said the words, Alshon Jeffries lost a step. You know? We have said Alshon Jeffrey is not fast enough he can't cut like he used to but exactly like you just said what he can still do is win 50 50 balls he can win the jump ball and he can catch a back shoulder pass and you're right Carson Wentz has has not really had that in his arsenal too much not sure why because you know he's got the talent to he's very accurate usually uh this is just all about timing and confidence, believing in yourself. So, you know, uh, I I don't know. I don't know what the Eagles are going to do. I don't foresee them 
uh, cutting Carson by any means. That's but, not happening. That that's that will not happen. Yeah, but that said, if I I think there definitely will be interests for teams to pick him up in a trade, and I think the Eagles are gonna do it. I don't know if they're gonna get what they want, uh, but they might. You know, Wentz is that talented. I see a second round pick coming for him. Yeah, I I agree. Um, it and and you know, I just don't think Carson will ever be right in Philly. You gotta think, just like oh, what you said uh, last week on our podcast that you were offended by when he came out. What do you remember what you said? The fact that he was compared to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And that was his rookie year. And uh, he's not proven. He's not proven, and, and what I th- what I th- what I think people meant by that is he he had he does have the same skill set. I I can definitely agree there. Uh, just like Andrew Luck had the same skill set. Yep. It doesn't mean he doesn't mean he's gonna he's gonna be as good. Somebody can have the same skill set, you know, as a legendary player. It doesn't mean that 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 they have what it takes to be as good as that legendary player. And that just goes to kind of prove that these these guys in the NFL are human. They're human beings. Just because you've got the skill set, all the talent, all the the motivation, it is a team sport. It, there's so much luck involved. There's so much of life involved. And sometimes the the the, the fans out there just need to to realize and soak it in how fortunate we are when a storyline develops that's so magical and entrancing when when you've got a long term when we watched Brett Favre break the record for most games started and, and shatter it really in a row. Like do you know how that record will probably never be touched by a quarterback. To to not be injured and play that many games, start that many games in a row. That's just unfathomable considering today's NFL. It will never happen because medical staffs aren't allowed to aren't allowed to let it happen. Right. Like he played through injuries that nobody would be allowed to play through these days. Yeah. No, and even before he retired he, he was playing through injuries where he would have been sitting now. But yeah. he was just like, Yeah, screw that. Like because things were changing then. But you know uh, he's Brett Favre. He got to do what he wanted, and it was fantastic to watch as a fan. Not, And that's not the only story. That's just one that I could think about is fans really should appreciate when a, a, a legit, authentic storyline develops um, and, and you see long-term success. It's very much a lot of luck mixed with talent, mixed with uh, the it factor, you know, the drive. Um, the one person I can think of that probably has that it factor, maybe not even the most talent, but has that it factor more than any other quarterback in NFL history is Tom Brady. That guy just has the will in his brain to beat you. He wants it more than you do. That's it. He wants it more than you do. No matter how bad you think you want it, he wants it more. And that's just something you can never coach. It's 
it's not measurable, you know. Um, back to back, back to what I was getting at. Um, you know, come seventeen season, Carson Wentz has come out balling, right? He looked like the best player in the league. Yep. Tears his ACL. Watches his backup take his team and win a Super Bowl against the guy you just talked about against Tom Brady. Yep, and win. And win. And then what happens the next season? Wentz misses the first few weeks, comes in, doesn't look too hot, gets hurt again. Who comes in? The same backup. Takes him on a, on a, on a run. Gets into the playoffs after the thought the season was lost. Wins the playoff game against the Chicago Bears. Alright, that season's over with. At this point, plus plus they build a statue. Like every every day you walk in the in the Novacare complex, you gotta look at that backup. And the statue of him and Doug Peterson winning the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, that's just going to fuck with the psyche of a man. It does. I mean, that that alone will make a person just feel as though they're, they're working for nothing. You know, he's got this injury and he's got all this talent. Like, it definitely took the wind out of his sails. But I do not at all think Carson is done. I think... He's got a mental switch that he's going to flip, and I hope, to be honest, the more and more I think about it, I'm like, I kind of want him to get traded because you're right. I think it will be more. he will be more successful with a change of scenery. He needs to get the fuck out of there. That place is toxic to him. Right, and I'm going to get into more, you know, and then they finally got rid of Foles, right? The backup. And then <laughs> last year happens. Um where was um, five and seven or something, and he he wins the last four games, gets in his playoffs, and then Javier Conner hits him with that cheap shot in the playoffs, and he gets a concussion in the first quarter. And then the off season comes, you know, second round, he was on the clock. He's got to be licking his chops. J.K. Dobbins is on the board, you know. Th- other good players are on the board. And who do the Eagles draft? Heisman runner-up, quarterback Jalen Hurts. Yep. He he had to have been pissed. Yeah, I mean, Carson's was a big-time pick when he came out. Like, why are they already trying to replace him? Like, you know, uh, you can't pick Jalen Hurts that high. You know, with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, we've we've talked about that. Aaron Rodgers is older. Aaron Rodgers, you know, uh, even though he can still play, you know, they did that to Favre. You know, Rodgers sat for three years or whatever it was until it was time to go to Favre. Yep. And, and they did. Carson they were... Wentz is 27 years old. <laughs> yeah. There's no reason to be, to be trying to move on from him. But, I mean, that's what they did. And at this point, I just think that if he's going to have the career that I think he's capable of having, unfortunately for me, who named my son 
after Carson Wentz. Unfortunately for me, it's not going to be in Philadelphia. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and if it, say for some, you know, crazy, awesome, miracle way, Carson stays in Philly and does flip the switch and flip the script and comes back and leads you guys to Super Bowl or two. Talk about an awesome storyline to, to say that he overcame that adversity and didn't run away from the, the scenery, you know? Yeah. I don't think he's running away if he goes anywhere. It's completely beyond his control if he gets traded. Right. But if he does somehow manage to stay in Philly and turn things around and do exactly what a lot of people believe he could do, That'd be a cool story. It'd still be a cool story if he went somewhere else. But. Yeah, either way. Um, and, and we'll find out. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll be honest, I mean, his psyche may be so messed up that he may go somewhere else and, and, and be trashed, too. I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. Yeah. Um, all I know is, is this season that he has had is just... It was terrible. I mean, his first, uh, you you compare his first, um, his last three years, not this year, but 19, 18, and 17. And he got, and I, and I see this, and you may not believe it, he's got more touchdown passes than Aaron Rodgers. He's got more wins than Aaron Rodgers. I, I see it lined up. So, I mean, he was at a good trajectory. Absolutely. And then this season came, and he hit a brick wall. Yep. And it's unheard of to be, you know, to, to be this bad after being on that trajectory. So, uh, we'll find out. Going on. Yeah. Uh, something's going on, and you got to think that it's his, his mental psyche a little bit, like you said. I hope, I hope and pray that he does get traded, and the Eagles can still be successful with Jalen Hurts, for your sake. But uh, you know, I'm more of a personal or people fan, so I'm hoping uh, Carson definitely moves on to a, a good team. Like you said, the Broncos would be a pretty badass team for him to go to. I, I would be jealous of that because I, I want to go quarterback to Broncos. <laughs> I mean, John Elway is offensively, I can't, he's got to let that defense go. But offensively, you talk about Cortland Sutton, Noah Fan, uh, Jerry Judy. Um, I can't remember his, uh, the one kid's name from Penn State. Uh, he, he's a beast receiver. It's like, if they find a quarterback, the league's in trouble. The league is in trouble if the Denver Broncos find a quarterback. Yeah. Because John Elway's got that, that offense stacked. Yep. Or, you know, if Drew Locke turns into anything, but he sure hasn't shown too much promise this year. Who, who was the receivers on that, on that depth chart? Um... Jerry Judy, like you said, uh, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, 
KJ Hamlin. That that's his name from Penn State. KJ Hamlin. Stud. Yep. I mean, if I had to choose, that would be the team that I would want Carson to go to. Because what what really has been this main excuse for this season is players not around him. John Elway's got that offense ready to go to the Super Bowl. Defense, eh. The offense is ready. And that, that would be who I would pick. Plus, they suck this year and they'll have a high draft pick in the second round. So, you know, so. <laughs> <coughs> um, as far as Jalen Hurts goes, um, I do think he's going to be good. Um, after, when I watched him against Green Bay, I wasn't sold. And then I watched him against New Orleans. His, him leading the team, um, some of the throws he made. I mean, he didn't have a high completion percentage, but neither has Carson Wentz all year. And also, Jalen Hurts is a rookie. And same excuses I've given Carson all year. Who's he throwing to? Yeah, your Eagles wide receivers can't get open for the life of them. No. Uh, Rager is the only good one. Yep. And, I mean, you can't get open every play. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, Not when you don't have anybody else threatening. <coughs> and, and also the offensive line is shambles. So he, he's having to run, you know, run to the left, run to the right, run up, you know. Yep. Um, but uh, I think we need to move on to the next subject. Spend a little bit more, too much time on the Eagles here. <laughs> Um, I just want to say this. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a fraud. Yeah, I hope I hope they freaking lose out. Wouldn't that be the coolest thing? It's probably not going to happen. I mean, they still make the playoffs. Yeah, but... But that would be absolutely hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um... Now eleven and two, losing two games in a row. Yeah, they're a fraud. Um, ben, it, Ben, it's over, bro. It's over. You ain't, you ain't who you used to be. And I mean, in my opinion, that team messed up. Like. That organization messed up. They had Lady on Bell there and Antonio Brown there. And, like, them boys, I mean, the only thing they didn't do was win a Super Bowl. That is it. Yep. I mean, they, they, were, they were dangerous. And they messed up, even though I know Bell and, and Brown kind of pushed their way out of Pittsburgh. But still, I mean, you just, Ben should have just shut up and just, Made him happy and just, you know, go on. And now, I mean, he's got uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and, and that, that rookie from Notre Dame is pretty good. Uh, Chase Claypool. Yep. Uh, but, I mean. Well, looking at the games they have left, they they play the freaking Bengals. Oh, that's a win. 
Uh, looks like Monday night football. Yeah, Monday night. Um, and, you know, that's going to be a runaway. But their last two games, I'm going to go ahead and boldly predict they lose two more in a row. So in their last five games of the season, they're going to go four or oh, one and four. Uh, they play uh, next week. They play the Colts on a short week. Um, who are 9-4 and have been winning some big-time games this season. They've been beating those big-time teams. And then the week after that, Week 17, hitting off 2021 on January 3rd, they play the Brownies, who are the surprise team of the year. And I think Browns are really going to carry their momentum, and they're going to take that victory uh, I don't know. Will that put them in first place in the AFC North? If the Browns were to win that? I think so. Well, it depends if they win out, too. But that would be the coolest thing. I would love to see the Browns take over. Uh, and I'd really love to see them do that for in the next few years and see, let the, the Steelers sit the bench, you know, be a second-place, third-place team for a couple years. But... We'll see, you know, that's a large speculation. But I'm going to go ahead and boldly predict Steelers losing to the Colts week 16 and losing to the Browns week 17. You know what? I'm going to boldly predict they lose the rest of them. Yeah? Screw it. They're going to lose to the Bengals. Cincinnati's going to find a way to beat them. That would be the coolest thing ever. I'm calling it. I'm not. I don't even hate the Pittsburgh Steelers as an organization. I just hate Big Ben. Same here. I hate that guy. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. Uh, we've talked about it on past yeah. shows, but uh, no respect for Big Ben. And I hope he somehow listens to this show one day. I hope somehow we get po- popular enough to where Big Ben hears this episode or the last episode. Because no respect for you whatsoever as a person. Big Ben, let me just tell you, you don't want this smoke. <laughs> you don't want it. You don't want none of this. Alright. Next. Uh, my cousin Dana here seems to be... Have some certain feelings about the Packers' last draft. Kind of like I did with the Eagles. Yeah, I got some things to get off my chest. You know, he, he got the chance to last week, and I thought to myself, you know what? I want to say some things about the Packers draft. Uh, particularly one thing. That's it. That's that's all. The rest of the draft, I'm okay with. But that first pick, Jordan Love. I'm looking at the draft board. And I'm thinking, all right, what do we need? And you can ask any of my friends, family whatsoever, uh, all the talk in the media about us needing wide receiver as our biggest need. I said, that's bogus. We've got depth. I knew who we had at wide receiver all along. And I thought to myself, you know, we're actually much better off at wide receiver than people think. 
sure, maybe we can pick one up in a later round, but we don't need a big-time first-round wide receiver. So I'm going to give Packers a pass on the fact that they didn't pick a wide receiver versus a quarterback. But the one thing you could all agree on as an audience is the Packers had no need for uh, a a high-profile quarterback. In my opinion, I mean, maybe it's worked out to where it lit a fire under Aaron Rodgers, but honestly, if you followed the guy on social media, you could see the fire brewing in the offseason way before the draft. You could see it happen, and he found this chi, that chi, zen, whatever you want to call it. He found this center of peace uh, with Danica. I know they broke up, but... To be honest, they kind of opened each other's worlds up to that uh, just from following him on Instagram. And he's found this piece. That's that's why all season you've been watching the guy, even when he's got a down moment, he's walking to the sideline, smiling, joking. It's, it's almost like he's just internally freaking in his happy place. It's like watching Happy Gilmore, man. He's just imagining this, this happy place, and he's just like, ah. You can't touch me. (laughs) (laughs) So, back to the draft. Why? Why, Green Bay, did you draft Jordan Love and not pick up our most significant need over the last three years in a row? We can't stop the run. Why can't we stop the run? Well, I don't know, because we don't have enough depth at our freaking core run blo- run block or run stuffers like our defensive line I, I don't see how you can't see that need it's been overlooked every year we've, we've tried to fill it here and there sure we got some pass rushers last year and it kind of made up for the lack of run stuffing defense but we don't have the big bodies we need some big like 350 pound bodies that can't be moved ever since we lost bj raji to early retirement, like we've got who we had Mike Daniels, who I thought was a beast, and now um, I'm blanking on the name. We've got a solid guy at our nose, but we don't have the depth. Uh, I have been seeing some some depth develop, but I'm, I'm like, I wanted to see the Packers pick a defensive tackle up high and there were two of them on the board before between the Packers pick of Jordan Love and the Packers pick of AJ Dillon um and I loved both of them my favorite probably would have been Marlon Davidson dude 6'3 303 pounds that's a big body that don't want to be moved you know uh Ross Blacklock Another big dude, 6'3", 290. If you look, and, and this was their their weight reported before the NFL. This was their out-of-college weight. So both of them players have probably put on 15 pounds since getting into the NFL because guess what the NFL does? They say, bulk up, put on weight, keep bulking up because you need to be big, strong, fast, and have a lot of weight on the line. You can't go up against a big 350-pound O-lineman if you're not 350 pounds yourself. So all I'm saying is we can't stop the run, yet you ignore our biggest need. 
you know. Um, it, it just really is frustrating. Uh, maybe it's hindsight 2020. And, and the worst part is all the all the crap I'm hearing about Jordan Love that he's no good. Um, we put a lot of... We, we wasted a potential big-time impacting player for somebody who is guaranteed to probably sit the bench for the next few years. What were you thinking? Did you think Aaron was just hanging it up? Did he have an offseason? Because like he said, uh, an offseason for him is a career year for most other quarterbacks. Are you that freaking spoiled, you brat? Like, he wasn't that bad last year. We won a lot of games. It's a brand spanking new offense. Why is that? I mean, a brand new coach, brand new offense, and everybody's blaming it on Rodgers. I'm like, are you kidding me? Give the guy a chance. The second year, look look what happened. Uh, he gets together in the offseason with all the coaches, and they kind of mold the offense to what he does a little bit, what they do a little bit, choose all the best parts, and now you're seeing an offense that looks pretty unstoppable, averaging like 35 points a game this year. Uh, if you can put up 35 points and the defense can hold the other team to 30 points, guess what? It's a victory. You know, and our defense isn't that great this year, but we're winning games because they're good enough. We step up in crunch time uh so i've said what i need to say about the draft the last thing i'm going to say is just about the current state of the packers if they want to win the super bowl this year their special teams has got to step it up and they got to start stopping the run because they're allowing teams back into the game on special teams and they're allowing teams to just run the ball down their throat which basically makes you look like a girly team. Girly team. Let me uh, correct that. I, I want to add something to the, to the Packers. Kind of stick up for Packers a little bit here. Uh, you named them D-Tackles. Uh, where were they picked? Uh, Ross Blacklock was picked 40 and Marlon Davison was picked 47. So um, just to give you some perspective, Jordan Love was picked at 26. So you're right. Maybe the board Never. had a little bit of a spread on it. They had Jordan Love on their board higher. The Packers always have stated that they create a board and they stick to it. So it's best available player on their board. But then since they've had new uh, personnel management and stuff, he has has agreed that, you know, if if there's a player that's higher on their board or a little bit lower on their board but yet fits a need, then they will weigh the need over a specific player. That's yeah, high well, I, I think that's too far of a reach. You're talking middle of the second round. Um, but like I we discussed before the podcast. Patrick Queen was sitting there. Uh, linebacker out of LSU. Stud. Yeah. Um, I he been should happy have been the pick. Absolutely. I would have been happy with that. You know? Uh, uh, we didn't need a quarterback. 
And yeah, I, I won't. I won't back up the the, the, the actual pick, but I, I mean, I will say why they didn't take a D tackle. Well, that's because there was none in their area where they were picking. Let's say he uh, just for fun. Let's say Packers don't pick Love, do pick Patrick Queen or Jordan Brooks, both of them solid studs as linebackers. Who got picked twenty six and twenty or twenty seven and twenty eight right after the Packers pick of Jordan Love? Who ends up picking Jordan Love? We got Green Bay, then Seattle, Baltimore, Tennessee, Miami, Minnesota, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Detroit. Where does Love drop to if Packers don't pick him at twenty six? Possibly Detroit. Detroit, solid. Uh, I was thinking Miami. They already took two of them, remember? They took two in the oh, first round. Oh, you're right, you're right. Miami had all those crazy, they had like three first round picks. Yeah. And then Herbert went to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And Kyler Murray. No, that was the year before. Ooh. Sorry, Kenneth Murray, linebacker. My fault. So, where, uh, where's Jordan Love drop? You know, where does he get picked? Maybe Tennessee, but they seem to be happy with what they got. So, you're right. Maybe Detroit. Detroit. Uh, well, who, who knows? Maybe they, Indianapolis. They, you know, they want somebody to... To develop behind Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers, yeah. Or possibly, maybe the Eagles make that pick. Yeah. I don't know. But we're uh, grasping at straws here, so I think it's time I hand it back over to Cody. I had my rant. We talked about State of the Packers a little bit. What's next? Uh, so, Randy Moss is on, goes on uh, Terrell Owens' podcast the other day, and claims that Randy Moss <laughs> is the GOAT of wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, uh, we were talking about this before the show, so I even pulled up a little article on it. Uh, his argument was, where to go? I'm going to have to pull it back up. Randy Moss comment that he's the GOAT. To quote Randy Moss, when asked who he believes is the best receiver of all time, quote, you're talking to him, Moss said in response to that question. And he says, I put myself first, quote, I'll put T.O. second. I think Jerry Rice is probably third or fourth. 
I'm talking about dominating the game and changing the game of football. I don't live on statistics because if you live on statistics and live on championships, that's all political. You've seen guys released or cut from a team just by a couple words in the media. You've seen guys not given contracts just because of the color of their skin. You've got to throw politics out of the game of football and look at the impact of what individual of what each individual was able to make in the game of football. All right. First of all, Randy, all due respect. I was always a big fan of yours. Um, I love the term "mossed." Heck yeah. Um, you, you're 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 an all-time great, but you ain't the goat. I mean, you want to talk about dominance, then, then the GOAT's Megatron. Because, I mean, he's the only receiver that I personally, and I've, I've watched a lot of tape on older receivers, but he's the only receiver I've ever seen more than one time be triple or even have four guys around him and somehow he comes down with the football in the end zone. That's dominance. Not, you know... That's changing the game, Randy. Randy, I, I, he could do the leap, the, the whole jump ball thing too. But he was mostly, he was so fast that he just he burnt guys. Yeah, he didn't have to you know jump up and get the ball because he burnt them. Yep. Uh, I mean, but you're not talking about route running that's magical, right? <laughs> like. He's got that lankiness to him, the long stride. He, he didn't go out there and put a double move on people that was, like, breaking ankles. Sure, he would get wide open from time to time. But, uh, you know, I'm not taking a Randy Moss just like Cody said. You are one of the greatest of all time. One of. I ain't putting you as number one whatsoever. And... The reason everybody puts rice is because of a couple things that you mentioned, stats, championships, but also due to the way he carries himself. He's not, I can't say he's not a diva like you guys. He's just as much of a diva as you and T.O. ever were. But there's a sense of, confidence and swagger the way he carries himself and the way he handled his business that makes him the goat in in terms of wide receivers currently uh, i want to see some of the up-and-coming wide receivers catch up with you guys and i think that we're watching some history unfold with a few um I wanted to just throw out two names that could potentially be in the talks of greatest wide receivers of all time. One who's really young, just getting started, in the name of DK Metcalf. Uh, He's got that size. He's got Moss size. He's got Megatron size. Can he have that long career and, you know, develop into that level of dominance? Well, this year he sure has. He's been dominant one, you know, Probably about the number one receiver, he and Devontae Adams, who is my next guy to mention. Because Devontae is just now hitting his prime. And I see another two or three seasons of that if he keeps it up. 
he might be right up there with you guys. And his route running is probably the best I've ever seen. And I've watched a lot of film on older wide receivers as well. And you want to bring up another respectable wide receiver, top 20 at least in all-time NFL wide receivers, Chad Ochocinco. He has to agree with me. Devontae's route running is just something of magic. It put a tear to his eye. He cried on live television because Devontae ran such a perfect route and he does it every freaking time. Um, I'll add I'll add two receivers into that mix. Um the one is other than Megatron, he's the only one other person other than Megatron I've ever seen go up between three guys and come down with a ball. And he did. He's. I've only seen him do it once, and it was a couple weeks ago. And that's DeAndre Hopkins. Very underrated wide receiver. Um, he. This kid is. He's starting to get up there, and I think he's around the same age as, as Adams. I think they might have came from the same draft, actually. Um. But I, I, he's played with some terrible quarterbacks. Uh. I mean, he's got Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's all right. And then uh, uh, Deshaun Watson there in Houston, he was all right. But the guys he had before Deshaun Watson in Houston were terrible. Brock Osweiler, and he was still getting 100 catches for 1,000 yards? What? Yeah, Hopkins is a stud. He is 6'1". He is 28 years old. Um... In the top five this year in wide receiver, well, top ten at least, for sure. He's got a little over 1,100 yards, 94 receptions, five touchdowns. So he's lacking in the touchdowns compartment, but like Cody said, uh, lack of decent quarterback play, you know, plays a huge part into that. Um, And for comparison, Devontae is 6'1 as well. It's 27, one year younger, and statistically um, right around the exact same amount of yards and receptions, but Devontae's got the touchdowns this year uh, with 14. He's, he's, I think, tied, if not leading, uh, the NFL for touchdowns. And my other guy that I wanted to mention. But playing two less games uh, because of an injury, so. You, you could argue Devontae is the best this year, easily. Is Tyreek Hill. Yep. Tyreek Hill is a monster. Nobody can guard him on, on, on a go-round. Like, here he's, he's like Deshaun Jackson, only... He's better at at the, at the position, like Deshaun Jackson. He's like a punt returner at receiver. Like you don't ever see him get catch a hundred balls. He catches fifty for a thousand or whatever. You'll see Tyreek Hill catch a hundred balls. Cause he ain't no wuss. He'll go over the middle. He'll do all that stuff. And uh, 
Tyreek is uh, 77 receptions so far this year. He's right there uh, with the top five receivers in terms of yards. He's got he's tied with, with Devontae with 14 touchdowns. Um, so with less receptions and the same amount of yards, I mean, you can already tell this guy's a big play threat. But I can't say greatest of all time, uh, you know, even if he keeps this up, because I guess historically, you know, he can't keep it up. Like, that speed will eventually fade. And then who is Tyreek Hill? He becomes Randall Cobb. He becomes that slot guy. Uh, not that they aren't valuable at all, but eventually he's just kind of that, that slot, scat back type of role. Uh, right now, he's got so much speed that he's a slot, and then he's also uh, able to go outside and, and go deep and burn just about everybody. Um the one knock that I have on him going deep and burning everybody, like you say, nobody can beat him on a go route. Well, when he gets beat on a go route, it's because corners get physical with him because he's smaller. He's only 5'10", 185. You know, uh, he's not small, small, but 5'10", 185. I mean, I'm 5'10". If I was 185, I'd be freaking jacked. And people think that I'm big. I ain't nothing compared to most of these NFL players. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I disagree with you because I, I've i seen Tyreek Hill not use his speed and still dominate a game. Um, does, that, does it happen? No. I mean, he's got his speed. And he knows he has his speed and he knows how to use it. Once his speed diminishes, I still think he'll, he'll be a good receiver. Well, I do too. I just don't see him putting up the same kind of numbers as he is now. You gotta have a solid like eight to ten years of thousand yard receiving seasons to be considered in that, you know, not necessarily uh, statistics or everything, but to be considered to that greatest of all time, you know, we'll see how things pan out. Yeah. I mean, having Travis Kelsey there helps him. Yep. Having Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback helps you. Just like Devontae Adams, having Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback helps him. Absolutely. Uh, Jerry Rice played with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. A lot of people have been knocking Devontae Adams. Well, not Devontae, but uh, Aaron Rodgers this year saying he keeps singling out Devontae. And I can agree on, on some level because I think two of Aaron Rodgers' picks this year were because he zeroed in on Devontae. However, I can also say that there were bad balls from Aaron because Devontae was open if you put it in the right spot. And any quarterback is going to throw to Devontae on every single play if they can get away with it because they know the guy's going to get open. He beats man, he beats double coverage, he beats triple coverage. I watched him come down with a jump ball on triple coverage the other day. I it's it's a tough to me, it's a race between Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Devontae Adams for MVP this year. And you don't hear Devontae really brought up in that. <laughs> uh I, I just I won't disagree with Devontae Adams, but I do disagree with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah? 
I would not put Patrick Mahomes in the top three. Uh, to me, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers. Conversation over. Um, especially with them drafting Jordan Love and the adversity and all that adversity. And um, he just comes out and is like, huh, fuck you. I'm MVP, bitch. <laughs> I, I hope, mean, for real. I, I agree. I, I hope that they can pull out a Super Bowl because that would even be. I, I mean, I'm a Packers fan. Of course, I'm biased. But even if I wasn't, I'd be rooting for Rodgers this year to, to, to win a Super Bowl. Just to shut everybody up with an exclamation point and a cherry on top and then a bitch slap at the end, too. <laughs> you know, like, shut up. <laughs> and, I'm still me. And and to me, the only other guy that I that I put in the MVP conversation um, is Russell Wilson. Yeah, I, I have to agree there. Uh, Russell Wilson, his defense is garbage. Great garbage. And, uh, I mean, yeah, he's got D.K. Metcalf, but Tyler Lockett's all right. But outside of that, who's he playing with? I mean, his running backs, he's got a different running back every week because they can't stay healthy. Um, yeah. Um, I I have so much respect for Russell because – of what he has accomplished all the way going dated back to when he was a rookie and beat out Matt Flynn, who was a big time trade from Green Bay to Seattle to come in and save the day. Mm-hmm. They paid Matt Flynn a bunch of money. Oh, he yeah. was come he was paid to come in and start. And he played well. Like everybody said that the the competition was fierce. In practice, but the thing is, is Russell beat him out because he's got that those legs, and he was making all the throws just like Flynn, and he's got those legs, and he's got that mentality, and you see it every day. We are blessed to see Russell Wilson on the football field. That dude is a monster, and I can agree that he's having a good enough season to definitely be in the conversation for MVP. Especially considering his surrounding cast, like you said. Um, we are we are going to move on to some college football. Uh, I just want to call out Clemson's head coach Dabo Sweeney before the season started. He said. Oh, I got no problem with the, you know, team playing less games and making the college football playoff. <coughs> now, he's got a problem with it. He's got a problem with Ohio State. Well, like I told you last week, it's because he's scared of Ohio State. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, my thing is, like, if you're going to say one thing, dude, you need to stick with it. Shut up. Uh, if that's how you felt, I mean, this whole COVID, it ain't nobody's fault. It ain't Ohio State's fault. Ohio State had five games canceled. Ohio State only canceled one of them themselves. And you you can look at those five games and, and pretty much chalk them up as what would have been a win. Yeah. Like, I guarantee, I can't guarantee it, obviously. It's, it's, 
who knows whatever happens <coughs> in college football, but there was a strong chance Ohio State won every single one of those games. Uh, yeah, very strong. Um, and we'll see today. Uh, uh, I'm tired of I'm tired of hearing it. Ohio State don't deserve to go. Um, because they didn't play enough games. But I'm one who said that last week, and uh, I still hold true. You know, I can understand at least. I, I'm not saying that I don't think they deserve it, but I can definitely understand that feeling. And what's interesting, though, I don't know if you knew this. Um, Where is it here? Let me see if I can find it. Urban Meyer makes a, a, a surprising admission today, or the other day, about Championship Saturday and about the playoffs. Urban says, I can't believe I'm saying this. Or I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth. Referring to these words, these three words which are magical to me. Expand the playoff. That's what should happen. I agree. Yeah, expand the playoff. It, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, we we I we've been talking about this for years now. Ever since yeah, like I think two or three years into the into the ever the since, format we have now. Right. Ever since teams. they made the format, we've always said there needs to be six to eight teams. Uh, honestly, eight is like the magic number that every fan wants to see. There needs to be an eight team playoff. Yeah. You know. Um, they could totally make it work. Don't know why they're being so stubborn. Just because of tradition, I, I, you know. They just, they don't want to do it for whatever reason. I mean, it's on them at the end of the day. Like, you're losing money. Yeah. By not doing it. Yep. So that, Uh, that's the answer. That's what I have to say about that. Debo Sweeney, you know, might have that argument and I do agree that he's scared uh, and doesn't want to face Ohio State. Of course you would say that now, but expand the playoffs. Then Ohio State deserves to be in the top eight, right? And then you might even see teams that we don't, you know, that everybody wants to get the chance, but we don't see sometimes. Like, Back in the day when, when Boise State was undefeated and, and, and everybody's like, put them in, put them in. Nope, they didn't get their <coughs> chance. They would have been in because they were ranked fifth. They would have been in in an eight-game playoff or eight-team playoff. Like, you know, this year, Cincinnati, undefeated. They deserve to be in an eight-team playoff. They deserve a chance to prove that they're not just – you know, uh, a teddy bear undefeated. Yeah, we used to have the uh, college football game. I remember one time I did the uh, franchise mode or whatever it was talking about or whatever it was called back then. And uh, I, I used Bowling Green. I went undefeated for four years straight, and the highest I was ranked was 20th. Wow. Four years undefeated in a row. 
playing any ranked teams? Uh, we had a couple on, on the schedule. Uh, no, nobody real, real powerful. Right. Um, but I mean, it's not like you. I mean, no, that's what it was. It was that career mode I'd been because I was a quarterback, and I I couldn't create a schedule. And then I I did do it on <coughs> in um, the franchise mode, and I moved Bowling Green and Toledo to the Big Ten, <laughs> where they got destroyed. By the way, <coughs> um, but yeah, uh, my my thing is like right, my friend Jerry. I'm, I'm gonna call Jerry out here on my podcast. Jerry he, he was he was he was <laughs> no, he, he was all about how state making the playoffs until Florida lost LSU. Jerry, I'm sorry, bro. You sit there and you say Ohio State don't deserve to win because they didn't play enough games. Blah, 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 blah. Well, technically, if you go off by any other year. No team has played enough games. Because normally you play 14, including the bowl game. 15 if you make the playoffs. So you're still coming up short. Everybody's still coming up short, no matter who it is. And and, and it's just, your football team lost two games. Yeah, you just got to recognize it's unprecedented times. Nobody's ever seen this type of impact on sports, on society that's living today. You know, um, sure, historically, you've seen this kind of stuff, but sports aren't, uh, or sports, sports weren't what they are today. They're, they're so big and popular in society um, versus, you know, they, they used to be big and popular in, in olden days as well, just different sports, different ways. They were more niche because there's not global coverage back in the day. I mean, the amount of global NFL fans is just astronomical compared to what it was, you know, 100 years ago. So, you just, if you don't want Ohio State in the playoffs and your scapegoat it, and, and, and I'm saying this on purpose because if you don't want Ohio State in the playoffs and you're using the excuse that you don't think they've played enough games, you're just using that as a scapegoat. The reason you don't want them in is just simply because you don't like them or whatnot because if you want to just literally compare talent from team to team and the the level of quality football you're going to see on the field, Ohio State's in there. They're in the top four easy. Yeah. What what does the committee say every year? We want to put the four best teams in. Yep. Which means Ohio State's in there. Yep. And the conversation. Yep. Conversation's over. If Ohio State hadn't played a single game all year, I I still would say that on paper like and you you can say on paper is the word, but there's more to the on paper. 
people do go watch practices. People do go observe these players. There are scouters out there. So it's not like the on paper isn't on or is uneducated in any way. It's it's not like on paper is not researched. No, the reason they're so good on paper is literally because there's a history and a track record of every single one of those players and the compilation of that team and the coaches. And you're, you're talking about, you know, uh, showing something just, just based off of history. You're talking about the, tr the track record, the tradition. So... It's like if you were to, oh, let's let's try to think of a whole another example. You know, like you get used to, to something happening so frequently and you know that it's probably going to continue happening. And then something throws a wrench in the fire and it happens, but only every once in a while. But you've got... A whole nother set of circumstances. You know, I'm going to throw this argument out. I'm, I'm talking in circles. I'll just delete this section. <laughs> Let's All move right. on. Next. Um, there was a report. I, I don't know if this is true or not. There's a report out of Ann Arbor that there was only nine players from Michigan, or that team up north, excuse me, that would not have been able to play in the game. Nine. And there's also a report that that team up north had a full practice the day after the game would have been played on, on that, that Sunday. So if you can have a full practice... And you only missing nine players out of how many is on a college roster? I know it's a ridiculous amount. It's it's really high, yeah. But you couldn't play the game. What? Hardball, you're a coward. You are a coward. Coward. I can fully agree. And I've never respected Jim Harbaugh. Ever. It you knew. so arrogant. You knew Ohio State was going to go in there and tap that ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's all there is to it. Yeah. I mean. Uh, I, I even can go so far as to say, I, I think that Harbaugh was scared he might get fired if he lost to Ohio State again. Again. I don't know, but I, 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 we we can all sit here and agree that was a cowardice move. You had the scapegoat of COVID, and you took advantage of it. Not saying that if I were in a situation where I knew somebody was about to destroy me and I had an easy out, I wouldn't take it, because I probably would. <laughs> but in terms of sportsmanship, you play the game. There yeah. were definitely times, so we're talking about sports here. I might take the easy out of getting my ass kicked, right? But if I'm scheduled to play something, any team sport I've ever been, and there were plenty of times I knew 
we had a shitty team and we were about to get destroyed. But guess what? I showed up and I played my heart out. And another thing I, I think about it is, is they, they thought at the time, because remember there was that rule of you had to have six games. Yeah. And Ohio State, one of them only had five, minus Michigan. So I think they thought at the time they were going to screw over Ohio State for making the playoffs until the Big Ten said, oh, we're going to change this rule. Yep. So, I mean, screw you, Harbaugh. Yep. Coward. Yes. I'll arm wrestle you for it. And I'll win. <laughs> Harbaugh's got these puny little things. All right. Um, last topic I want to I want to dive into before we finish up our NFL picks here is COVID. Um, I really hope this crap's gone before next season. I, I'm, this season's been just a mess. I mean, not to get off subject here, but I mean, not even just football, the world. I mean, COVID has taken away stuff from my childhood, like just Chuck E. Cheese's that are closing down, and and like buffets are becoming a, a non-existent. You know, family members are dying the other day. Uh, my uncle Bob passed away from COVID nineteen. Um, it, it's getting to be too much, and I just want to say this is this is all I want to say. Whoever it is that released this or whatever, I just want you to know, and I. I I know you'll probably never listen to this. But I just want you to know you're a bitch and your mom's a hoe. (laughs) (laughs) For doing this. Not just to my country, but to this world. Like. I know we're not the only country struggling. You know, our government doesn't make things any better. It's kind of almost like they're kind of like against us rather than for us. Uh, would you like to chime in anything on this, Dana? Um, I think you said a lot that was also on my mind about it. Um, without getting into politics and um, covering topics, you know, all I can say is, on this show, we we are going to avoid politics, but we will always take the stance of trying to do the right thing, and always take the stance of um, freedom, you know, and, and maintaining our rights as people of the United States of America and COVID has been stressful. It's 
taken a toll on a lot of people. Um, be careful what you wish for sometimes. Um, because taking the easy way out, um, a lot of times leads to paying for it somehow. And... You know, we're, we need to deal with this as a country. There is no easy way out. And we have to deal with this from a, a family level all the way up to a godly level. No matter if you believe in a god or not, um, this is something that starts from the ground up and, you know, just, just be supportive. Just be a good person. Uh, there's so much craziness. There's no need for violence. There's no need for a lot of the crazy tactics that you see out there. Everybody take care. Have a happy holidays. That's all I'm going to say. I'll second that. Have a happy holiday. Merry Christmas. Enjoy time with your families. Now we are going to go to NFL game picks to wrap this thing up. Um, ready, David? Let's do it. Boy, the Niners, Cowboys. Niners. I think you said cowboys, but that, that sounds wrong. Isn't it cowgirls? Cow turds. Oh, cow turds. Okay. <laughs> cow patties. <laughs> Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings. Well, uh, if either one of them want a chance at making the playoffs. I think it's the Bears have the better chance, but I think the Vikings are the better team. I'm going to go Vikings. Uh, I just want to say throughout this football season, I remember at a point in this season when the Chicago Bears were 5-1 and one and the Minnesota Vikings I'm pretty sure were 1-5. Yep. And here we are, week 15, and they got the same record at 6-7. and seven. Um, I love Vikings running back Dalvin Cook. <coughs> I think he is a monster. So I'm going to take the Vikings. Did you, did you, you said you took the Vikings or the Bears? I took the Vikings. Yeah, ever since Dalvin Cook came back, they're a whole different monster. That guy's a fucking beast. Yes. Another missed pick by Howie Roseman and the Eagles. Buccaneers Falcons.
I think Tampa Bay has kind of been imploding as the season goes on later, but they need to turn things around, and I think they will, especially considering Falcons don't have much hope anymore. Um, Tampa Bay's got got this one. Tom Brady's going to finally right the ship and get them turned around. Jacksonville Jaguars, Baltimore Ravens. Um, this one's an easy one. Ravens got it all the way, especially after last week. Continue that momentum. I agree. Oh, and I agree with the Bucks last pick too. Detroit Lions, Tennessee Titans. Um, that one's interesting because Packers are playing Tennessee next week. Detroit definitely has the talent to beat them, but I don't think they can stop the. We ran the ball pretty well versus Detroit, and Tennessee really runs the ball, so Tennessee's got that one. I agree. I'm a big. I'm big on Tennessee this year. <clears throat> Patriots, Dolphins. As much as the Patriots just stomped on the Chargers, which I totally botched earlier in the ep- in this show, I would like to vote for the the Dolphins because they've been my surprise, one of the surprise teams this year, and my brother is a Dolphins fan, um, so a little bit of. Bias, I'm probably wrong, probably going to lose this, but I'm going to go with Dolphins because I I hate the Patriots, and I'd love to see the Dolphins win that division. Um, I'd like to take this time to uh, uh, go off of what you said, your brother, Ryan. Um, I know it's a, a short sample, Ryan. But I told you two was gonna be good, bro. I told you. I told you. He threw an absolute fit at my house when they drafted him. An absolute fit. Really? And I told him, I was like, dude, he's he's the guy. He's the best quarterback in this draft class. Yeah, two was I mean, absolutely. His thing was because the injuries. Uh, sometimes you gotta take a like I said last week. You gotta take a flyer on injury sometime if a player is great. Yep. Anyways, I'm I, I'm going Dolphins. Um, Seahawks, Washington football team. Uh Seahawks. Yes. Not even gonna really discuss. Um, Texans, Colts. Colts have been playing lights out. I think they're going to keep that going. Same here. Well, I got Seahawks, too. Uh, Jets, Rams. Woo! This is the game of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, gosh, it's, it's really hard to even pick one of them to score. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I well, Rams are pretty good. 
Princess Dinosaur. Yeah, but... <coughs> oh, wait. <coughs> Never mind. Rams all the way. <laughs> I was thinking it was too, like, one... The Jets are, like, one and six... Or one and ten or something like this. Oh, and thirteen. Oh, and thirteen. Um... Arizona Cardinals, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, let's see if if Jalen Hurts can keep things going. That'd be cool. I want to see uh, Philly win win out, and um, I think Cardinals are definitely a team that they can match up well against. So let's go Philly. Actually, uh, with Seattle beating Washington, that really helps if the Eagles win. Um, because then all they got to do is win their last two games and hope the Giants lose this week or next week, and then they're in. <coughs> That's all that need to happen. Who's the Giants play? Oh, they're playing the Browns. Oh. Um, we'll get to that game in a minute. <clears throat> Chief Saints. Drew Brees is back. Drew Brees is back, baby, and the Saints need this game more than anything. Um, this is a big, big-time game. Mm-hmm. I honestly think Chiefs are going to win, but I want the Saints to win because I want to feel like the NFC has a chance in this playoffs at, make, at winning the Super Bowl, and I really think the Super Bowl goes through Kansas City. Um, man, the, the Saints just can't, they can't stop Kansas City on defense. It, it's got to be Kansas City. I'm going Saints. Sounds good. Um, Drew Brees is back. I don't know. I'm just taking a flyer, really. <laughs> Yeah. I, I think they gotta have the game. I think they need it more than Kansas City does. And although Michael Thomas is, is missing this game, so he won't have Michael Thomas at his disposal. Um, Michael Thomas missed a lot of games at the beginning of the year, if you remember. Yep, he's missed a lot of games this year, and they were winning games all year. So it's not like they can't win with without him. But it's, it's gonna be a great game. Browns, Giants. Um, Giants have been pretty up and down this season, and the Browns have been surprisingly great. Great. Um, so, you know, uh, just going based off of the season as a whole and being from Ohio, I'd like to see them succeed. I'm picking the Browns. I will also take the Browns. Last but not least... Pittsburgh Steelers against the Bengals. I am taking the Bengals. <laughs> oh, man. I got to catch up with you somehow, Cody. Maybe um, this one will I, – I, I suspect it will be. But um, I got to pick the Steelers just because it seems like a no-brainer. Um, I, I don't want the Steelers to win. Didn't the Saints seem like a no-brainer last week? Right? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yep. I'm catching up with you. I got to. 
And that wraps up the second show of the God Dan Football Radio Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>